Hi beautiful, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Gentle Podcast. Here we talk all things that nourish the mind, body and spirit, giving you inspiration and actions on living a centered, purposeful and vital life that feels aligned with your divine feminine nature. I am your host, Rachel White, a yogi, coach, and heart-centered human here to provide a gentle space for healing and thriving. Let's get into this episode. Welcome back for another episode of The Gentle Podcast. I have a guest with me, Laurie Ledley. Welcome, Laurie. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to dive into this topic of sleep. And I thought I would just let you take it away with a bit of your background and how you got into this work and then what you think is the most important starting point for this topic. Well, I started out as a respiratory therapist working with people in the hospital and there's a breathing component to when we sleep. And so I became very interested in sleep disordered breathing, um, which is also sleep apnea, upper airway resistance syndrome. Just There's lots and lots of different sleep disorders. And so I became a sleep technologist where I monitored people sleeping overnight in the hospital. And then I uh, went on to become a clinical sleep educator. And I now own my own company that diagnoses and treats sleep disorders. Um, and it was really through my own struggles that I really when I first started having a problem with my own sleep was sort of a turning point for me, like, you know, diagnosing and treating was uh, something that I had always done. But um, until I had my own struggles myself, I didn't, it just was a turning point for me as far as my passion goes and helping others. So in my early twenties, I was diagnosed with a really aggressive form of cancer and I had to take chemotherapy and I had two little kids and I was pregnant with my third And I had to take chemo while I was pregnant. And so I became a patient uh, real fast and uh, um, actually didn't ever have any problems sleeping back then. I I did well. I I got all the way through all my chemo. Um, My son was born with a full head of hair and it was a miraculous day. And I made it five years through that. And that's when I started doing the uh, sleep centers. And, you know, fast forward into all of that. I got breast cancer, a different kind of cancer in 2015. And this is when I found myself struggling with anxiety and depression and insomnia, post-traumatic stress, all these things. I had to have a double mastectomy, more chemo, uh, medications. I I was a wreck and I found myself uh, desperate and like feeling so alone that, that I knew I knew how to do this and I had the resources at my fingertips to help my own self. And I honestly, to be truthful, I turned to medical marijuana. Um, And I was like, so embarrassed. I was like hiding myself going into the dispensary because I didn't want anybody to like know this about me. And um, I thought I've got to get off this stuff. I can't, I don't want to depend on something to fall asleep. So I uh, just, learned a little bit about cognitive behavioral therapy and the thought process and uh, kind of got myself, I definitely got myself off of that and I wasn't taking any sleep aids, but I just learned how to redirect my thoughts. And then in 2018, I lost my father to cancer 
And a dear friend of our family's, 30 years old, took his own life two days after my dad died, um, leaving a 29-year-old bride and three little boys. And I found myself just desperate to help others uh, in a way that I had to do something different. I didn't want to grieve uh, in the way I was. And so I enrolled myself in a yoga teacher training program just to give myself something to do. And I get in this class and I remember five years ago when my friend Donna was going to come over and teach me yoga during my chemotherapy. And I was so sick, I couldn't even stand up on my own two feet. And I said, I can't do yoga. And she said, oh no, you can do yoga. I'm like, I can't? She goes, yeah, you can do yoga and just lay there. So she came over to my house and delivered this beautiful practice to me. It was like a guided meditation called Yoga Nidra, Yoga for Sleep. And I kind of just guided off into this beautiful place and it gave me energy and I felt so good. And so going back to, you know, 2018, when I was in this yoga teacher training, it started to become like apparent to me that my journey was really to learn yoga nidra. So I finished the 200 hour yoga teacher training asana practice. And then I enrolled myself in the yoga nidra program at Southwest Healing Southwest Center for Healing of Arts. And it was such a life changer, game changer for me. You know, here I am a clinical sleep educator and I'm learning this beautiful practice, but they kind of go together. And it is basically breath techniques, which I'm a respiratory therapist, uh, muscle tension, relaxation, and imagery all combined. And we kind of tell, like guide people through this beautiful uh, meditation that just relaxes you and allows you to go to a place where you feel total calm and stillness, kind of like the ocean, right? So mm. if you think about the ocean waves, they're very much similar to our breath, right? The inhales and the exhales kind of fall with the, with the tide, the ocean waves. And what a yoga nidra does is it takes you to the bottom of the ocean where it's the stillest. And one of my favorite things to teach people is breath. It's so powerful. Breath is the first thing we do when we come into this earth. We take a breath. And the last thing we do when we leave the earth, we take our last breath. Imagine all the breaths in between those two breaths. They're totally involuntary. We don't even have to try. And they give our body enough energy to be able to function all those years. It's so healing. So much power in the breath. So um, I've, I use that in the sleep center. We started... Uh, I started meeting with people and guiding them through these people with insomnia. And I was telling them insomnia is just the definition or the definition of insomnia is simple. It's the inability to escape our thoughts. The, the brain knows what to do. It's primary function for our bodies is to sleep, but we prevent it from sleeping by our thought process. So one of the things that the yoga nidra does is it redirects your thoughts to where you're thinking about something else and instead of your thoughts going on and on about what's happening throughout your day. So that's, that's a really, you know, uh, deep practice, uh, guided, you know, meditation, yoga nidra, there's apps out there. I'm, I'm actually uh, rolling out my own app. It's going to be called Nama Sleep. Uh, it's not ready on Apple yet, but it is on Android, uh, Google Play, I think. And so just recording, getting content out there, but easy to find YouTube, you know, mine, uh, some of the 
headspace, calm. They all have uh, yoga nidras out there. Um, but getting back to just general health, right? Like, I mean, right now the entire world is in the middle of a pandemic, right? And we're all uh, locked away. And one of the most important things to do right now is to keep a schedule more than ever. Um, it's so funny because I've never been a very disciplined schedule person, but because I can't go anywhere, I have found myself, I have to have a schedule. Like, um, first of all, it's really important that you go to bed at the same time and you wake up at the same time every day, even on the weekends. This is especially true for kids. Okay. So we need schedules. Kids need schedules. They need schedules need to be planned out, spoken about, talk, talk to your kids, talk to your family. This is what I'm doing for the day. And the first thing you should do is eat eat a good breakfast. Don't go right on the computer. Give yourself an hour before you have any uh, computer or phone time because it will signal your body to know that it's daytime and you need to be awake, right? So get outside after breakfast, go for a brisk walk, uh, do something, and then get back to your schedule of, you know, if you're doing uh, homeschooling, academics, have a creative time. There's this is a great time to learn a hobby. We have so much access to uh, being able to learn anything we want right now. So I say, take up that hobby that you've always wanted to learn and teach your kids to, um, and stick to that schedule. And then uh, after dinner, you know, have a brain dump time, like get out a journal and just start writing down your thoughts. Um, You know, get everything, your anxieties, your fears, whatever you want on paper, and then I also like to tell people to write down three to five things that you're grateful for. Gratitude is the antidote to anxiety and stress and fear and all the things that we're dealing with right now. And so if we truly dig and find those things that we are grateful for, it will really help find calm and peace, um, which is leading up to that bedtime routine, right? So mm-hmm. uh, have a power down hour, end of the day, turn off all electronics, especially for your children. Um, because electronics have artificial or they have light, which will signal the brain to be awake. And what that does is it actually decreases melatonin, which we want calm, darkness, cool environment so that the melatonin will increase uh, and help initiate and maintain sleep. So without that regimented schedule, the body doesn't really get that circadian rhythm, biological clock in the right order, and it gets messed up. So this is why the schedules are so important, especially now, because we're not getting out and we don't have all that physical and mental brain stimulation that we normally do when we're going to work every day and school every day. We just have to somehow find it in our own spaces, in our own homes. Um, I love taking a hot bath or a shower right before bed. Um, And I know I mentioned cool, right? It takes cool environment for melatonin to increase. But when you step out of the bath or the shower, your body temperature drops and therefore melatonin increases, allowing the body to initiate and maintain sleep longer. Mm -hmm. So many amazing points in everything you just dived into. I love how you were talking about the breath and um, so I'm a yoga teacher as well, and I've done a lot of Ayurvedic study, and I love thinking oh. of the breath as like it's us inviting life into our body, and I love that ocean. Oh, ocean and I love that use. inviting life into our body. I'm going to write that. Yeah, down. it's like the whole pr- pranayama. <clears throat> life. Yeah. Um, so oh. 
It sounds like from what you've shared that getting better sleep isn't just something we focus on like half an hour, an hour before we're actually ready to sleep. It's really about how we're living our entire life, keeping that schedule, the um, body clock, however we phrase it. Um, And so what are some things, I feel like one of the biggest struggles is the screen time because it's kind of like the most common thing for like generalizing here, but for us to like be on our phone or watching TV or doing things like that right before we go to bed. And it's like, then we're done for the day. Then we go to sleep. So in that hour of downtime, I think you refer to it as um, after we've turned the screens off an hour before we're planning to go to sleep, what are some things that we can do? And you mentioned taking a bath. Are there any other things we can do um, in that hour of rest time before we go to sleep to prepare us for a better sleep? I would say have a lot of calm, dim lighting in your home, uh, calm music, reading books, singing songs, um, drinking tea, herbal, uh, uh, sleepy time teas. Just something that your body recognizes if you do it routinely, it's going to know, okay, this is, this is time for me to increase my melatonin. We're going to get, because it's like your body is so excited to sleep because it restores. That's like our time to restore. And now more than ever, we need to restore our bodies fully. And so we need to make sure that we're getting that, that full night's rest that we need. Yeah. And that kind of leads into the next question I was going to ask is what is actually the importance of us having really good sleep? And like sub question to that is like a lot of people tell me that they feel like they sleep like good. They, they say their head hits the pillow, they sleep all the way through the night, then they wake up. But they also say that they wake up feeling just really tired and, and really exhausted. So maybe the sleep they're getting isn't actually as good as they think. So right. do you want to so, talk a little bit about, yeah, about those two things? So if you're going to bed at the same time every night, and you're waking up at the same time every morning, and you're getting between seven and nine hours of sleep a night, and you're still tired during the day, you definitely need to talk to a sleep professional because you could have an underlying sleep disorder. So just because your body hits the pillow and you sleep all night doesn't mean that your brain is going through the proper architecture of sleep. So if you snore or you have sleep apnea, you have restless legs or periodic limb movement disorder, any kind of sleep disorder, bruxism, where you grind your teeth, All those things are actually interrupting the brain, causing arousal. You may not consciously be awake, but it's kicking your brain out of having that normal REM, non-REM sleep architecture that it needs to restore the entire body. I like to use the cell phone analogy because our brain is our battery for our entire body. So imagine you plugged in your cell phone last night and you didn't get it plugged in all the way and you woke up and you're like, oh, my, my phone didn't charge. That's not going to get me through till lunch. Well, that's what we're doing to our bodies. When we don't get that proper sleep or we have an environmental thing, our husband is, our partners are snoring. Our kids are climbing in the bed. Our dog is rustling around the bed. There's all these things that can cause interruptions in that brain and not allow your body to restore. Sleep is the pr- primary. It's the only way our bodies can restore. 
Mm-hmm. And we need that for cellular function. We need it for immunity. We need it for cardiovascular, you know, optimal function. Every organ in our body will only function optimally if the brain gets the proper sleep architecture all night long. Mm. Yeah. And that really just highlights why we need to sleep better because our yeah. body literally sh- doesn't work optimally if we don't. You should be able to make it through your day without feeling like you have to take a nap. I mean, there's nothing wrong with napping, um, but if you feel like you have to have a nap every single day, you probably should go get checked out. It might be worth getting a sleep study, even a home sleep test to just kind of see what's going on. Mm. Yeah. And this is why I think this conversation is so important because so many people are experiencing that lack of energy and that feeling like they need to have a nap or something in the middle or towards the end of the day. And because it's so common, it's kind of labeled as normal, but just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal. It doesn't mean it's the best thing for our body. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a big believer, obviously, in, you know, having a meditation time, it could be your nap, but have it be a go somewhere where you can actually provide space and create that blissfulness that we all need in our lives. You know, get that peace that you need other than just putting your head on the pillow and going to sleep. Mm. Um, Yeah. It's important to do that every day. Yeah. With your studies and experience with yoga nidra, do you think the best time is before we go to sleep or it's beneficial to do at any time? I think it's beneficial to do it anytime, but I personally love to do it, you know, in the middle of the day. Um, Mm -hmm. I find I get creativity, you know, Mm -hmm. there. I think that if people are struggling with falling asleep and staying asleep, uh, doing the nidra uh, right before bed is really helpful. But I also believe that once you start practicing it, you will be able to just visualize the nidra. You won't have to actually listen to it. You'll be able to do the practices Um, that we teach you right before you go to sleep and it will just, you know, you'll just drift off. It's just that learning how to retrain your brain where to go. Yeah. I love that. Um, Another question I want to ask you is around bedroom setup. Cause I've heard like a lot of different things around like decluttering, like making sure it's dark. Like the, I think Mm. you mentioned the coolness is important. Yes. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So sleep should be for, or excuse me, your bedroom should be for sleep and sex only. As I sit here in my makeshift office in my bedroom, but it was literally the only place I could put it. Um, but I have a nice door that I can get fresh air. And I, you know, but at night the blinds come down, I make it nice and dark. I, I do, I make sure everything's put away. Um, I make my bed every day. So that way when I get in, it's all, you know, cozy to get under the covers you want your room temperature uh, for Fahrenheit about 60 to 65 degrees. If you, if you can get it there, I don't know what that is in Celsius, but um, you can figure that out. 17. <laughs> uh, yeah. 17. Um, so nice and cool. So that when you're, you know, you have that melatonin increase and that you can uh, just climb in. And um, I talk a lot about weighted blankets. Um, if you do struggle with anxiety or, post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, look into getting a weighted blanket because we have seen a lot of success with people having that blanket. It's like an extra hug, you know, and we can't hug right now. So it's even better probably for all of us to have that extra heavy weight on us when we're sleeping. Gives that body and that brain security. Yeah. Amazing. Um, 
so I was going to say something. Oh, I remember now. So in, um, yeah, like the coolness definitely makes sense. And so in Australia and especially where I live, we have like really hot summers and most like when we're in summer, when it's like 40 degrees, I'm not sure what that is in Fahrenheit, but it's really hot. Um, yeah. Like it, it is really hard to sleep when it is yeah. that hot. So if we're, I'm just curious, and you might you might not have um, looked into this before, but in when we think about times before we had houses and air conditioners, is there anything about like um, do the, do we get climatized to sleep in warmer conditions, or like how does that work if we don't have the resources within our homes to cool down the room in those hot nights? What are some things? I think. I think the body is amazing at acclimating. It doesn't know if it doesn't know what the difference is, it it knows it's cooler, right? So even if it's, you know, 40 degrees Celsius, 115 degrees Fahrenheit, which is what it gets to where I live. Um, and we can't afford to put our air conditioners down to you know, 65 degrees or um, your body, it's still going to be cooler at night than it is during the day. Right. Um, and you know, you, if you can, wet, you know, get, get out of the shower, keep your hair wet. That'll cool your body down. Uh, use fans, ceiling fans, floor fans, um, anything that you can to get that temperature, your body temperature cooler will really help a lot, but you are going to struggle if it's hot and everyone will say you're not sleeping and your mood is not so good. And, you know, it just affects so many things in our bodies. And I think a long time ago when they didn't have housing, it was probably not this hot. <laughs> yeah, that's true, true. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's very hot where I live too. So I, I understand. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Is, is there anything else you think is really important to bring up in this conversation? Um, I'm thinking a lot of your demographics could have uh, small children or even teenagers at home. And mm. I think I mentioned earlier that more now more than ever, keep your kids on schedules but if you have you know children over the age of 14 remember that their circadian rhythms shift and they're going to want to go to bed later and sleep in a little bit later so that's okay um allow that to happen because uh when they enter adolescence the the chemical in their uh, circadian rhythm, the biologic clocks is truly shifting forward where they're not going to they want to stay up later uh, but it's very hard for them to get up early, which is kind of nice right now because school, they're not, they don't have to go to school. They can do their school a little bit later and it's almost healthier. And so your children are going to have optimal immune function and be the healthiest if they're on a schedule. And I saw uh, online like a COVID-19 daily schedule and at the bottom of it, it, you know, it was like colored like an ipad that kind of said what time we're waking up what time we're doing breakfast what time we're doing our walk what time we're doing academic time what time we're doing creative time um you know a downtime and then all the way at the bottom there was a bedtime and then a second bedtime for those who had a good attitude all day about our schedule and i just love that because you have this opportunity right now to reward your kids um, about having a good attitude and, you know, don't draw attention when they don't have good attitude um, and use a lot of affirmation right now. You're all together. Um, we, we all are, you know, it's a little bit difficult having everybody around and we don't have spaces to get away from each other. Um, but it's important right now that 
were, were very encouraging as moms and we reward. And what a, what a great way to reward. You get to stay up a little later and you can sleep in a little, you know, mm-hmm. um, if, especially for adolescents. Yeah. As long as they're not on their video games, no tablets, no. My sister used to unplug her internet. There was no Wi-Fi available after 10 p.m. in her home. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was the best idea ever. Yes, love that. Yeah. This might um, take us into a whole new conversation, but do you have any just little bits to share for any mums that have, or any parents that have like toddlers that kind of wake up through the night and maybe sneak into their bed? How I they do. Yeah. I have the best idea. Um, yeah. All right. So, you know, pediatricians all around the world will tell you, get your kids on a schedule. If they wake up in the night, reassure them that you're there, they're okay, go back to sleep. Um, I even read recently that you definitely should never lock them in their room, but you can shut the door, let them know, I'm going to close the door. And when you calm down, I will come and I'll open the door again. So like reassure them, I'm shutting the door now. And when you calm down, I will come back and open the door. Um, So that was something, now what I used to do, because back you know, my kids are all 30s, in their 30s now. I was horrible at this because I didn't know back then. And I had three kids in my bed every night. And my husband would end up on one bunk bed and I'd end up on the other bunk bed. And they were all in our bed. And so uh, we moved into a new house. And so I was like, new house, new rules. And I went out and I bought three sleeping bags. I got Barbie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, and Power Rangers. <laughs> And I put them on the floor around my bed, one, one on each side. And I told them when they went to sleep, you're not allowed to get in mommy's bed, but you can come in my room, but you have to get in your sleeping bag. Don't wake me up. Just get in your sleeping bag and I'll be right there next to you. So that gave them the reassurance that if I do wake up and I'm scared and I want my mom, I can go lay by her, but I don't have to wake her up. Um, so that was my personal tip that worked really well. And believe it or not, they eventually don't want to sleep with Barbie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, or Power Rangers. Yeah. Interesting. They grow out of it. Yeah. They grow out of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really, really cool thing that some people listening might want to try. And And schedules. You know, I mean, children that are waking up in the middle of the night with night terrors, nightmares, these are all sleep deprivation related. Um, also, uh, potty training, some kids will get a night terror where they wake up and they just cry because they need to use the toilet. So just try to guide them. They're not going to be able to wake up because they're in such deep state of sleep. Just guide them while they're crying, set them on the toilet and they'll probably enter their bladder and take them back to sleep. I learned that myself. Cause I had a, uh, one of my sons was, he would wake up all the time with a night terror and I realized, Oh, I think he has to go to the bathroom. And, it, and that's what it was. You just, you know, but limit their, you know, evening intake of, of water. Oh, and no chocolate milk, no caffeine, no chocolate ice cream. Caffeine stays in your system for 12 hours. So if your kids are having any caffeine, make sure it's before noon. Mm. You know, super important, especially with adolescents. Yeah, definitely. Amazing. Thank you so much for this conversation. You're very welcome. Are there any final words you want to wrap us up with? Um, just be careful what you feed your mind with. You know, there's a lot of media going on and it's 
causes stress. Feed, feed your mind with good thoughts and good things. And there's a lot of calming music out there. There's a lot of calming voices to listen to. So, and have faith, not no fear. We're all going to be through this soon. Mm. Thank you so much, Laurie. I have really enjoyed this conversation and I'll put all the links to your website and social media if anyone wants to connect with you and learn a bit more about what you do. Um, And I'll put a link to your app as well if anyone wants to. Okay, great. And then how do I follow you, Rachel? Rachel. Um, So you can just find me at by Rachel White on all social media. Okay, by Rachel White. Okay, all right. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, I would love for you to take a screenshot and share on social media with your biggest insight. Make sure you tag me at by Rachel White on Facebook and Instagram. Have a beautiful day. Namaste.